Yeah. Welcome to All Things Fresh, the podcast. I'm your host, Alvin Locks. Let's get it started. Welcome to episode four of the podcast. My guest today goes by the name of Bryce Packnett. He is a very special friend of mine. Our relationship dates back to 2012. We touch up a little bit on how we met. But one of the most important things I wanted to point out before the show started is really the reason why I brought him on the show. I look at Bryce as a very financially savvy person, and I think a lot of that is due in part to the chances, the risks he's taken, and also the different failures he's experienced. After any setback that he might go through, I've witnessed this person bounce back get back on his feet, and keep moving. I think the reason why he is a financially savvy person is because of his relationship with money and the way that he handles the different types of financial decisions that we all need to make on a daily basis. If this is your first time tuning into the show, I appreciate you. I really hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, I really would appreciate if you would hit the subscribe button if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Or if you would hit the follow button if you're listening on Spotify. If you are a repeat listener, thanks for coming back. You guys are in for a treat. Enjoy. What is up? Not much. How's it going, man? You know, just trying to start a podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Welcome to the show. Decided thanks to call it me. all. Of course, man. Of course. Decided to call this All Things Fresh Radio. That probably comes to no surprise to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm doing for right now is I'm letting my guests uh, give their own proper introductions. So for those that are listening, can you tell uh, Can you tell them who you are and what it is you do? Um, my name is Bryce Packnett, and I am a real estate agent here in California, Turlock, California. Awesome. I'm so glad you started with Turlock. Can you describe Turlock? to about majority of the world that doesn't know yeah it's a small town in central california it's uh, about seventy-five thousand people um not many people have heard of it uh i think one town that most people might have heard of is modesto we're just south of mm. um mm. unfortunately the reason why people know modesto is for not good reasons but uh, <laughs> uh we're about an hour and a half southeast of san francisco so not really near anything exciting You've only lived in California your whole life, huh? Yeah, yeah. Here and then also Orange County where I met you. Let's see. What do you, uh, what do you actually tell us about real estate? How's that, how's that going for you? Uh, it's going well. Um, I, you know, I, was, I did loans way back when. I started loans back in 2006, I believe it was. I did that for yeah. about four years. Um, mm-hmm. Got out of it. Then I was in banking at Wells Fargo. Um, and now it kind of came full circle. I, I've always liked real estate. I've always enjoyed it. Um, and so back in December uh, last year, I got my license again. Um, this time I'm on the actual buying and selling side, helping people find homes and sell homes. That's awesome. And business, how's that going for you? Uh, it's, it's going uh, relatively well, um, given the situation we're in. Um, you know, I'm only, what, five almost six months into this um mm. i got a couple deals right now on escrow uh, that are actually set to close this week um 
at this uh, pandemic didn't happen, you know, a few months ago, I, I think I would have had a few more because some things did drop out because of that. Um, but, you know, given, given the situation uh, that we're in right now and the market's still relatively strong, prices are still high. A lot of people keep kind of wanting to compare it to the financial crisis or housing crisis in 2008, 2009. Um, yeah. It's definitely not the case now. Um, uh, the, the issue now is it's not just not enough inventory for, for buyers. And so that's become a challenge in itself. That's crazy. Okay. So let's, we talked about business. Let's talk about fun. What are some things that you like to do for fun? Um, well, I, I, you know, with having a daughter, uh, being around hers has been a lot of fun. You know, it's, funny before you have a kid you think like that doesn't sound very fun <laughs> to have a kid and have to worry about another another human being but uh but it's definitely been fun especially at this age now she's almost nine months and yeah uh just listening to her do, do her baby talk and and learn new things it's uh it's very entertaining <laughs> it's very it's fun to, to watch her and play with her so. she's super cute what's her name for everyone that doesn't know isla i would, I would actually bring her in real quick if i could but she's not very happy right now no worries. Interesting how that timing works out, right? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I want to address the elephant in the room or else if I don't say it out loud, this is the beauty of this being a conversation. Um, it's kind of scary what's happening right now in the streets. And you, you and I have had conversations. I've had this conversation with a lot of people of there's a good potential right now during all this craziness that we see the National Guard flood the streets. And now we literally have that reason as to why it's happening. Mm-hmm. And, that's all, and that's all it took, dude. It just took them to contain us and then some wrong thing happening. And now people are just fed up is what it feels like is, is what it feels like is happening. And I say that to not get too political about it. Um, It's, it's just scary. (laughs) That's really the only reason why I pointed it out. It's scary. Yeah, no, it really is scary. Actually, just before I, I got on here, uh, which was actually a couple minutes late. I was texting. I have a couple yeah. of friends that are police officers and I was texting yeah. them just telling them to be safe and um, just to be careful out there. Cause it, it's just, it's getting a little crazy. And unfortunately um, certain groups, whether it's police officers or African-Americans, and they kind of get generalized as a whole, you know, not all police are bad. You know, there's obviously good right. cops out there. Most of them are good. Right. Just unfortunately, these bad ones give the other ones bad names. You know, it doesn't matter what group you're from. There's always going to be those bad seeds. One bad apple, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I just hope you guys are safe. I bring that up for that reason. So be careful, lock your doors. And if uh, you're not exercising your second amendment yet, brother, um, I suggest that you do. Yeah. You keep telling me that. And I keep saying I'm going to, but I just, I procrastinate so much. (laughs) It's all good, man. It's not why we're here. We're just here to have a, a friendly chat. So you talked about fatherhood. How's fatherhood? Ups, downs, uh, things you like, things that challenge you. Anything you want to share about it? Um, and congrats, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that doesn't get that doesn't get old for your first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's it, it can be challenging. I mean, you have this uh, baby that starts crying sometimes and frankly you don't know why they're crying or what they want and and you you want them to sleep because you know they're tired but they just want to fight it and they you know fight you for it and uh right i mean those are the times that i get a little frustrated but uh you just stay calm because the moment you start 
projecting that type of frustration. You can tell the baby can understands it and they start, you know, freaking out even more. Um, I actually just had that situation today where she just not, will not sleep. I was rocking her and she was fighting me and instead of getting frustrated, I just could do breath. I'm like, all right, let's go out and play. So we went out and played some more. I was like, fine, I guess you're not gonna go to sleep. And, uh, right. so yeah, so I, there's obviously there's more good than there is. There's more pros and cons. It's just, you're always going to have those, uh, those issues. You know, they're, they're learning. They don't know what's going on yet. They don't know what they want. They don't know why they're feeling what they feel. You're just trying to keep them alive, basically. <laughs> What's been one thing that's a shared frustration or a shared challenge you've had with your wife in terms of motherhood and fatherhood, in terms of like the struggle? The struggle? Well, I mean, our, our number one struggle is probably the lack of sleep. I mean, she yeah, is that's sleeping. definitely a shared struggle. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely sleeping through the night now, but um, I want to say that with her getting lack of sleep during the day, she doesn't nap as long as she used to um it's hard to get things done especially uh nowadays with both of us working from home um it's definitely we're taking turns doing what we need to do while taking care of her um so that that's definitely been a challenge and um it's probably a newer challenge for all parents now you know a lot of people aren't working from home and have to worry about child care at the same time so it's a um it's a tough situation how has that impacted you in terms of everything that we just went through these past three, four months? As far as the working from home portion, I mean, I was already pretty much working out of my house. Um, I, I would go out for appointments and um, pop by with clients. Um, I would go in the office from time to time, but for the most part, I did stay home. Um, so one of the changes, I guess, is that I was home more often. Um, and um, yeah, it just just being home and trying to juggle, maybe getting on a phone call or maybe doing you know going through an email while trying to keep her entertained and happy. What is a song that's always stuck on your head, <laughs> or recently stuck on your head now because of being a parent? Um. Well, the first song that comes to mind when you say that is this little toy she has. It's not a common song. It's just something this toy made up um, called uh, Animal Farm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, me and uh, Amanda both have the song memorized. And uh, even when it's not on, we'd end up singing it. Even if she's not around, we'll end up singing it to ourselves. <laughs> but they, she doesn't put that toy that often anymore. So that song's kind of gone away. But once in a while, it pops up again. And we're like, oh, there's the Animal Farm. <laughs> It's like the most random songs stuck in your head, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely is. Definitely. It's a is. trip. What else do you do for fun? Besides, it, this could even be like, oh, you know, before I had a daughter, I was into doing things like this, or currently I'm trying this out. Uh, well, yesterday, actually, I, I went to the lake. Um, that's something I used to do when I was younger. Before I moved to Orange County, like, it was kind of a weekend thing. Um, almost every weekend, we we're going to the lake. Um, growing up, we had a boat, and I would take out you know, my dad's boat, and go to the lake and uh i haven't done that since i moved back so it's been over 10 years since i've done that and yesterday uh, my dad got another boat again actually last year Sick. actually brand new up. uh yeah he bought it brand new yeah wow and um Pretty, how many people does it fit um we were actually trying to figure it out yesterday so there was five of us and two kids um it's a pontoon boat so it's not a ski boat or anything it's a pontoon boat so it's a, it's a big boat i want to say you could probably comfortably fit 
maybe pontoons are the ones you can have um parties on because they're so flat right yeah uh, that's exactly what it is it's um i want to say you fit comfortably 10 you could probably get up to 15 on there but i say everyone would be comfortable with 10 10 12 people on there um it's i think it's 26 feet is that right that might be right mm. yeah that sounds about right yeah it's a it's a big boat it's a lot of fun what do you what do you, what do you guys do on the boat water activities just cruise around yesterday fish. we didn't do any water activity so for um we brought um, my wife's cousins with us and it's actually the first time they've ever been on a boat like a private boat like that on the lake um so they're very unsure about a lot of things like i try to get the kids on the tube and they just were not having that they were like no no we're fine even even the parents are a little uh a little worried about it um, so what we ended up doing was just cruising around every once in a while we would drop anchor and the kids would swim. We would all swim for a little bit and then oh, go for cool. another ride. Yeah. So it, it was a very relaxing day. Um, there was no it's water kind of like activities. A, kind of like a cruise and take a dip. Yeah, exactly. As, as needed. That's awesome, dude. In fact, I, I'm, I was talking about renting a boat sometime soon, like in the next three or four weeks, cause it's about to get real hot out here. It's already over a hundred degrees over there, isn't it? Dude. <laughs> 104 to 109 already there was like a small rain uh rain cloud that passed through yesterday i don't think it lasted very long all right so we talked about the lake what else man anything else you like to do for fun or anything or any new uh hobbies or nerdy things that you're suddenly into these days not really <laughs> uh, nowadays it's just home when the baby's asleep you know at night we we watch tv we just veg and watch tv it's nothing exciting in my life nowadays <laughs> so you're a, a person who loves comedy yeah. what's uh oh first of all uncut gems uncut gems dude okay so spoiler alert if you're listening to this we're about to just go ahead and talk about uncut gems so if you don't want to know anything about this movie don't listen um dude that movie is nuts oh my god it was it it's was stressful, stressful. oh it's my stressful. god like i have never been so stressed watching a movie and here's the crazy part so i don't know if you've noticed this but during the movie he's like doing all, all his so much going on all the time and there's always all this loud background noise all the time it seems like I, I felt like it was in the room with me i kept turning the volume on the tv like why can't i hear what's happening but it was in the movie like it was just so much commotion at all times I don't get anxiety and I was getting anxiety watching in that movie. Like, right. What was that? You were getting anxiety watching that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't get anxiety over much of anything. And I was totally like, Oh my God, after the movie was over, I was still like wound up from it. Like I, I had to go watch uh, some stupid like sitcom just to unwind and calm myself down. I just can't, especially the way it ended. Oh my God. Like, Oh my gosh. With that being said, what do you rate his performance? Oh, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, to see Adam Sandler in that type of role, um, right. I, I, that, that's gotta be his, his best, his best one. Yeah. He did a couple of serious movies that I don't, I never really got into. I, I this think is that, like, this is like when Jim Carrey did, you know, eternal sunshine yeah. of the spotless mind or Truman show, like those kind of roles really made him go, mm -hmm. made you go, Oh snap. You know, he's more than just comedy. Yeah. 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 This was really, um, it was dark. It was really dark, and he did he did such he did such a good job with that part. I mean, it just there was no humor in that movie. No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> I mean, given you know, I like to 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 
gamble on sports. I mean, some of those things I did find kind of humorous throwing, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 on a parlay. And I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, this is like, this is the biggest degenerate I've ever seen, you know? <laughs> and I'm, I, and as he was stressed, so reckless. Oh yeah. And, and, and as he's watching these games and he's stressed out, like I was, those moments I kind of laughed because like I've seen myself in those moments, obviously for not, not much money, but I've seen myself in those moments where I'm like, oh, come on, get in there, you know? And, and that's the way right. he was. And I was just like, oh, like, that's funny, but I can't imagine doing that kind of money. Especially when the guy right. was broke, obviously. He owed everybody and their mom money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't personally gamble, and you know this about me, but uh, we do both have an appreciation to watch, uh, to watch money and finance and see how things like that work. Mm-hmm. You know, another movie that comes to mind, which is nuts, it's a crazy movie, is The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. But a lot of that at the at its core, a lot of that's about like some hustler in his truest form, like fully milking whatever system he or she was attached to for what it was worth, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about failure. I feel like okay, now's a good time. The background for anyone that's curious is uh Bryce and I used to work at Wells Fargo together and I came and transferred into his branch and we worked together for almost like two years. Yeah, a little, a little over a year, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know if it was a full. I don't know if it was a full two years, but it was definitely over a year. Yeah. And um, I ended up leaving Wells Fargo for one reason. He left for another, and we uh, stayed in the banking industry after that for a little while, and even moved and parted ways, but still stayed in touch, and have been friends uh, since we pretty much met at the bank. I was his best man in his wedding, and. He's someone that I do uh, look up to or admire when it comes to their relationship with their money or their finances. And that's really the purpose of me bringing him on today is, yes, to get to know him and to chat about all things fresh, everything and anything. Um, But we like to put the emphasis on the certain syllable. And today it's uh, all things finance and more. So that being said, I don't want to get too much into the weeds. You'll see my my general thought process. I'm just trying to shift some mindset and the way people view certain things. Like, uh, what do you think is your foundation as to why you have a strong relationship with money? Or was it poor when you were young and then you learned the hard way younger? Like, what's how did that come about? When did you notice, like, oh, actually, I can manage this pretty well? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I had a feeling that's kind of what the, you know, I, you told me about, be about finance. We didn't need to really say any specifics. And I kind of had a feeling this was going to be a question. And I actually was thinking about this and I think where it started for me is I, we grew up, I mean, we weren't poor, we were, you know, middle-class, upper middle-class, but there were times when we did struggle. I mean, I'm the oldest of six. I mean, could you imagine what the budget looks like for six kids? Um, and for a, chunk of my life my dad was the only person who worked and then later on my mom ended up working um as well but uh seeing the struggles that they went through when i got older when i realized the struggles that they were having i think is when i realized i did not want to have those same struggles um how how old would you say how old would you say you were when you when you noticed that or you can even just be like that sounded like i was in high school or i felt like i was in junior high i think it might have been junior high um maybe eighth grade when i when i started to realize that actually you know what it might for sure it was by freshman in high school i i, I remember it was at least that 
that time around that time um and i mean my, my parents are divorced and like i can't i, I can't I only think of all the times they fought was a lot of it where there's some finances involved one, by one time or another um i mean that was the only reason why they fought but i just i remember a lot of fights about the finances and i just and i think in those times when i got older and i started realizing that and realizing that all the stuff that that they provide the struggle they went through to get it and when i was younger you don't you don't see those struggles your parents tend yeah. to shelter that from you um, but then at a certain age where I realized like, wow, they, they actually struggled a lot to provide the things they did for us. Um, which, you know, so it, what? go ahead. Uh, which, you know, you kind of grow to appreciate. Um, so at that, uh, the, that's probably when I started realizing how much personal finance is a very important thing. And I think that's when I started learning and taking note of their mistakes. Um, right. I want to say a lot of things that I know and do now is, probably in part because I've learned from their mistakes. Um, unfortunately, I, have you, go ahead. have you always been a learn from other people's mistakes kind of person? Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I want to say a lot of things that I, that I do know is probably based on mistakes that I've seen or heard about, um, or even read about. I think you want to look you make him want to look into a study just to see if the theory, you know, is even close to anything. But I feel like people who do have that trait, you know, tend to be a little more responsible in general. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. um, I've always subscribed to and I don't subscribe pridefully, but I do subscribe to the I've always learned the hard way um, notion. It just has always felt that way for me. And I'm not trying to say that I can't change that, nor this is a conversation about my relationship with that, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say I, it probably makes me maybe a little bit more, which I, I, I want to say it's probably, it's probably a good thing, I guess. Um, a little bit more conservative on the things I will spend money on. I mean, you know, like there, you know, me <laughs> better than most and you know what I will throw money at, but there's certain things that like, I will think, Overthink probably buying like for example clothes. I don't put a lot of thought into buying myself clothes or things like that right. I'll wear the same thing for a long time before I figure you know what I need to get some new clothes because to me It's like I, I if I don't need it, I'm not gonna go spend the money on it. Um, But when it comes to probably throwing money at a possible business or Something that's gonna have some sort of return on investment. I, I I'm a little bit quicker to throw money at that um but again, I mean, I'm still at that point even uh, kind of weighing the cons more than the pros. And it might be because of those mistakes that I've, that I've seen in the past from, from others. Someone's in, a, um, someone's in an elevator with you and you have the time of a pitch to talk to them. And they said, dude, I know you're not going to be able to change my life in this short ride, but could you give me one or two pointers as to how to... Uh, change my relationship of being poor with my finances to having some grasp on it what's well, like one or two changes you'd tell a person they need to make or look at or do um i'd first probably say don't i mean, really think about what you spend your money on um are you the type of person that goes out and like oh i gotta have these new shoes or i gotta have this this new fit like really think about why do you need to have that i think that'd be a 
um, first thing I would say is just you, you need to assess what you're spending your money on and what you actually need versus what you actually want. Um, the second thing I would say is find a side hustle. No matter what your job is, what you're making, you should always have something else, a second revenue stream of money, you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe you've got a hobby that can, you can turn into money, then do it. Um, buy a rental, you know, if you have the means, buy a rental property or something like that. And just, you should always be looking for other revenue streams just because a normal, if you're someone that works a nine to five job, um, it's, it's, it's hard, I think, just to make it on that alone. And not to mention, I, I kind of have this thought in my head that I don't want to put um, my future in someone else's hands. I mean, I used to work for the same company you work for, Crown, and uh, they let me go kind of out of nowhere, uh, which <laughs> it, it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise. Luckily, I had other revenue streams that it didn't really hurt me too much. I was able to continue living my life like nothing happened. Um, but you just never know when that's going to happen. I mean, I mean, especially right now during this pandemic, how many people laid off, exactly. um, you know, and, and not having any of the revenue streams uh, that that's going to hurt. So I, I feel like everyone should have two, three, four different revenue streams if possible. I like that you went there. I want to circle back to struggles first before we revisit the idea of uh, revenue streams and touch up more on real estate. But you're someone that I've watched to like make certain business decisions and certain calculated risks or risks. And um, I feel like some have happened in your favor and some have uh, not gone in your favor. So what, what are some, some things you've learned through making, you know what I mean? And I, and what I'm getting at is uh, this concept of risk, take a risk, take the chance, you know, you actually do that with your dollar quite often, you know, and it shows, and that's usually the kind of risk you need to take. So how would you I feel like some people are so against the word or the idea of risk. Like I'm trying to understand your relationship with that word or how you look at that. Well, whenever I do take a risk, um, I do look at, okay, how is this going to impact my life? I always look at it as if I put this money in this and I lost it all, which is very well possible. And a lot of things I do do, um, how, what's my life look like? Am I going to be struggling? Um, am I going to have to go find another nine to five job to help make up for that? Um, that's one thing I, I tend to look at first. Um, as long as it's not major life altering money, like all of a sudden, like I'm broke, can't pay my bills. And, and the thing is, I'll never put myself in that position. I won't gamble every dollar I have on something. There's always going to be a segment called Song of the Day where I play one or two minutes of a random song that I'm in the mood or either haven't heard, have heard, like, questionable, don't like, might just want to share it with you, might just be trolling you, whatever, dealer's choice. We are listening to Dreams by Fleetwood Mac.
funny that song uh what what is visual i get in my head every time i hear it um when i used to go to vegas quite often uh, almost every weekend uh there was a shuttle they used to take you from rio to any other caesar's property on the strip and there's this lady who drove this thing almost every time i went she was always the same driver and she had fleetwood mac like cd basically on rerun the whole entire day for some reason, every time I got on the bus, it was that same song every time, and she was always singing it. And uh, so now every time I hear that song, it, uh, it reminds me of that moment for some reason. <laughs> it's crazy. Isn't it crazy how not even just a song, sometimes a scent or a logo or a sign or a name or a sound or a shape, it just brings you back to a very, very, very vivid moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was like 10 years ago, too. Where you can almost... And you can almost taste the air. That's how vivid some of those moments are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can tell the person what the weather even felt like in that moment. It's a trip. And then sometimes you tell someone about that. Hey, do you remember that time when you were with me? And they look at you and be like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> and then I remember I've said that to other people too. I'm like, how do you remember that random moment? They're all, dude, I remember that moment like it was yesterday. But it's the same thing I've said to other people who look at me that say, I don't remember yeah. that. <laughs> we talked about struggles. You know, what's funny is struggles has um, popped up multiple times throughout my last few pods. What are your thoughts on your relationship with uh, being in business, being in um, a job or running your own business or trying to be an entrepreneur? What do you think about that? Like being in a relationship with somebody. Being in a relationship with somebody that does that? Yeah. No, like the comparison. Comparison versus... Of how somebody like being, who has a job or somebody being in, who runs a business? No, like how being in business or running your own business or being an entrepreneur, it's kind of like being in a relationship with a person. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of similarities or like in the kind of work you need to put into your business is the same kind of work you need to put into a relationship. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, like when I was running the car dealership, I mean, that pretty much consumed me. Um, and I want to say part of the reason why I ended up having to close doors on that one is because I was getting married and uh, Amanda told me like, this is not going to be our lives. You, it's basically like uh, me or the business situation, you know, I'm kind of giving an ultimatum. Are you choosing that business relationship or you're going to choose our relationship? And uh, that was part of it. I mean, it, I think what drew the line for her was uh, it was on Easter Sunday. I got a phone call where we I was closed and I got a phone call to sell this car. I had been in my lot forever. It shouldn't have been there that long. And, uh, I left a family event to go do it. So yes, a business is very much like a relationship. You have to put the time. If the business calls, you kind of just have to drop everything and go handle it. So it's it's uh, it's it's kind of like your baby, you know. I mean, and it's also hard to let go. I mean, I right. I started that business from the ground, um, and 
But the reason why I, I came at it and I knew you, you would call it a baby, but the reason why I came at it towards a relationship is sometimes people just think you cradle the baby and it's like, no, there's a lot going on. There's making sure you have enough sleep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's, there's health, there's water, there's food. You know what I mean? Like if you want to have anyone's life, everything needs to be on point. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But I get, uh, that's a side tangent. So you, you talked about closed doors. That's a good one. And I think that's the quote of the day. So we'll, we'll transition into that. When one door closes, another one opens. And as you were talking, I definitely thought about you when I, I remember that quote. What are your thoughts on that quote? Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's very much true. I mean, when I closed the doors on that business, I actually went to go work for Crown Castle, the company you work for now. Um, and at the time, uh, I actually liked what I did. Um, I, I liked work for that company. I thought they were a good company. Um, I still think they're a good company. I mean, I've, I've told you by their stock. I personally, in my own retirement account, have bought Crown Castle stock. I, I think they're a, they're a great company. Um, but as far as the door opening, yeah, so I opened up and I thought it was a great opportunity. I, I almost saw myself pretty much working there. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is me. Um, even though I had this issue with, like I said before, someone controlling, you know, my future. Right. I, I, I liked the, the atmosphere there and, and I liked what I did. So, and for the most part, you're not being micromanaged. Um, and then that, that's one thing I, I can, can't stand is micromanagement. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I liked it there, but then, you know, like I mentioned before, I came to an end and it was a blessing in disguise. That, that door closed and another one opened. I, I got back into, um, I guess you could say my passion, real estate. I, that's, that's something that I've always liked. I've always kind of kept my toe in it right. uh, one way or another. That's always come up a, in conversation between you and I too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I like owning a rental or, or fixing and flipping a house or something like, right. Those are things that I've done throughout the years and things that, that I've, I've always liked. I, I love doing that, you know, no matter how tough it might get, it's something that I, that I, that I really like. And, um, I'd probably say, yeah, that, that is my passion. If someone asked me. That's awesome. That's dope. I didn't even think we were going to talk about passion. Gotta write that down. Not just yeah, me neither. And it, it, and I don't think I realized that it was my passion to why this moment, you know, I never felt That's like so oh, amazing. I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> So that, that's a good, it's a good transition. So where I'm at in my life to try to relate to the audience that I'm hoping to, um, be relevant to is I'm 33 and I'm tired of renting and I'm ready to go into purchasing my first home. And Bryce has been one of many influential people that have helped shape my, um, my behaviors towards preparing for something like that and you know the necessary things you need to do and especially if there are any items you need to clean up or you know uh, resolve you you get you get on top of that thing and not to tell people what to do with their finances um, I'm just saying this is where I'm at so I'm ready to become a homeowner and a lot of people in the circle around me are homeowners and it's just it's not ironic it's actually just um, it's actually not surprising at all that you went back to real estate and are doing just fine in it. We, we've kind of always talked about that in conversation. Um, so what are some things you'd say to first time homeowners, uh, especially those who 
are ready to make the decision just don't know where to start uh first place you want to start is you you, you need to talk to a lender you need to get pre-approved and see where you actually stand um a lot of people think that they're not in a position to buy a home when in fact they are uh they don't realize how little you can uh, down you need to get into a house and what programs are actually available to them. Um, so I want to say the first thing you really want to do is talk to a lender, sit down so they can see your situation, see whether you're ready or not. And if the lender's any good, they will tell you what, if you're not ready, they will tell you what steps you need to take. Okay. Um, if, let's say, um, let's just do an example. So if anyone listening is actually looking for some figures that helps me out too, let's just say I'm a, um, married couple with a combined income of let's say a hundred a hundred and ten thousand combined and we're looking to buy a home that's about two hundred and sixty five thousand dollars maybe a two bedroom two bath uh one or two car garage well are you asking are they in a position to buy that you're asking yeah or what are some questions you'd ask them or what are some things you'd what are some more things you'd want to know as as a real estate agent, so I'm not going to be the one that qualifies them, um, pre-qualifies them on the finance financial side. But if someone came to me before they talked to a lender and told me that, um, just based on that alone, I'm like, yeah, I mean, as far as from an income standpoint, you do qualify. But there are other things that go into that. Maybe they have a lot of debt. Um, if they have too much debt, then, then no, they're not going to qualify. Um, maybe they have zero savings. That's probably going to be a problem unless... In certain areas, you can get 100% financing, but there is, that is a possibility. Um, just depends because there are some restrictions on that. Um, so, yeah, just, just for what information you gave me, yeah, sure, it sounds like they qualify. Oh, another thing, too, is, I mean, they could, you know, make a million dollars, you know, not, and if they can't pay cash for a house and their credit is no good, you right. know, less than 620 or whatever the minimum score is now, I can't remember, I think it's 620, um, they're, they're not going to qualify. You know, I mean, you, you got you got to have the credit, um, and or at least the cash to put down to make it worth it to a bank. It's a pretty good pod right there, dude. Okay, man. Well, it's been real, real fun talking to you. Um, before we sign off, I just wanted to um, share some thoughts, and then we want to get your contact info for everyone out here, um, so you can share like your social media handles. But on this show, all things fresh, if you're listening, I appreciate you. Today's episode was based on all things finance and more. And the intention behind this naming convention is to continue to have repeat episodes about a lot of the same topics um, and just share different people's perspectives. Um, so this isn't the first or the last time you're going to hear about finance on this episode. You know, we're definitely going to get deeper, deeper into that. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I brought Bryce on because I respect his opinion on a lot of these things. And uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Hey, well, actually, it was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, your realtor Bryce or go to my website, brycepackney.com. If you, you or anyone you know looking for real estate, reach out. Even if you're in a different state, not in California, reach out. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions or even, uh, help connect you with somebody. We do have uh, offices throughout the U.S. and Canada. That's awesome. All right, man. We'll have to do this again. I appreciate your time, bro. Anytime, man. All right, later. Talk to you later. And that does it for this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
Don't forget to check out the show notes where you can find Bryce's Instagram information as well as his website. He is a person you can reach out to if you're local in California and are looking to buy a home or if you just have questions about how the home purchasing process works. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.